welcome to episode three, our playoff preview episode of one card or one cub, what, what, one cardinal, one cub, and one beer. I always want to put the cubs first. I understand. I understand. We'll flip. We'll flip it every month. We flip it back and forth. Maybe, maybe we should just put the beer first. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, how you doing? Doing great. It's October. You can just, I don't know, you can smell it in the air, the little sting in the air. Uh, the, the leaves are changing. The season's coming. As of today, the season is over. And uh, the playoffs are about to begin. And uh, I don't know, there's a little excitement in the air. I know, for the maybe not an issue for the Cubs, but uh, for the other, for 12 teams it is. It's going to be, it's a tournament. It's not like a playoffs anymore. It's like a tournament now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, uh, I'll get into a little bit of that. Um, I, I remember, I think it was 2001 when the Mariners won like 118 games. Yeah, 16. And they were a machine, and they got bounced like that from the playoffs. And at that time, uh, I read an article saying that the Mariners weren't built for playoff baseball. And that kind of ushered in this era that, the playoffs are a different animal. You don't play the playoffs like you do the regular season anymore, like they did when I was growing up. And the, the uh, I guess the epitome of that uh, philosophy was the 2014-2015 Royals, who knew if we could get a starter to go five innings and then we throw it to the bullpen, everybody who throws uh, crazy hard with, with great secondary pitches, we don't have to have the best offensive team in baseball. If we can make the tournament or the playoffs and we, we are built for the playoffs and uh, a team from Kansas city, which uh, let's face it uh, with, with, with their revenue really has no business to be competing with the two straight world series, one, one of them. And that's just the way it is now. And uh, that's, that's kind of how, you know, when we do get into looking at the playoff teams, that's, that's kind of the philosophy that I use. It's not necessarily the best teams. There's, there's two things that I look for. Uh, Number one, are these teams built for the playoffs? And number two, any team can get hot. Oh yeah. You can get hot. Anybody can beat anybody. Any team can get hot. 2011 Cardinals, any team can get hot. (laughs) (laughs) So, Anyway, uh, before we get into this, uh, give me your thoughts on uh, um, Aaron Judge's uh, 60-second home run. Historic. You know, I, I don't know what it is about the Yankees. And it, it, when the Yankees are doing it, they'll break into other shows. But, I mean, Ruth, Mantle, Maris, Judge, um, I don't know. It's a historical moment. I mean, they followed that all the way from, like, May 15th to present time, and he didn't disappoint almost won the triple crown. Um, you know, it seemed like he kind of pulled the team too. There was, if he didn't do well, they didn't, it didn't seem like they did well. I think he's the MVP. Uh, even with Otani having an incredible year. Um, but 62 to me, there's certain numbers in baseball and 61 is one of those numbers, 300 wins, 500 home runs, 61 home runs. And, um, I don't know. It was great. Seems like a great guy, great ambassador to the game. Uh, 
I just think it's one of those historical moments we'll never forget. One thing that, that I believe makes this a more special um, 60 home run club than any of the others is he's doing it in an era of specialization that completely favors the pitcher. You're right. And this is the best year we've had of pitching since the uh, 68 season uh, before they lowered the mound. So there's a huge disparity between his hitting, and I'm not just talking about home runs, you know, he's hitting, I think he finished around 315 with a batting average. His hitting and the rest of the league is way down here. So um, when Sosa McGuire uh, broke the 60 mark, I mean, they were, they were right up there. And there were a lot of people hitting 50 plus home runs at that time. It was an era of offense and steroids, but an era of offense. And when Ruth did it, of course, uh, Ruth was much bigger than your average man. Oh, you know, yeah. Was judge, but he was a huge man for his day. And nobody swung hard like him when he first started swinging. Then everybody thought, hey, maybe we should play baseball and try to hit the ball out of the park. And really, you know, the purest of that day was, no, no, no. You, you hit guys over, you, you know, you bunch. Yeah. You, know, you play a lot of small ball. Sacrifice. Uh, I, re- yeah, I remember it, the 75 play, uh, All-Star game. They brought Babe Ruth's bat out from yes. the modern day. And they were like, I can't believe he got around on this thing. It was gigantic. Bench held it, who was a great home run hitter, great Hall of Famer. But he said, there's no way I could bat, I'd get this thing around in time. So he was just a big, strong guy. Yeah, and and the, the average fastball then, um, I, I read an estimate that the average fastball was about 86 miles an hour mm. um, during his heyday. Now the average fastball is in the mid-90s. So it, it, it was a different game. Um, of course, he had to contend with things like, you know, he still had, they were still allowed, people were allowed to throw spitballs back then. So, um, you know, the, it was a different game, like the ball hasn't been doctored in recent years, you know, so it was right. a different game. And it's hard to compare eras, but I think what, what Judge has done in comparison with the rest of the league is what makes this uh, just mind blowing. And I, you know, I don't like the Yankees because um, it's our birthright in the Midwest to be jealous right. of the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Um, but he does seem like a great guy, and he's going to look so good patrolling center field for the Cubs next year. <laughs> Let me say this, because of New York and the East Coast bias, if Ernie Banks had played for the Yankees, he'd be on the dollar bill out there. You know, <laughs> that's just how it is. They Everything's bigger in New York. Everything's greater in New York. And uh, and Los Angeles, I guess too. And here yeah. in the Midwest, we don't get we don't get the attention, but that's okay. We're fine. Could could you imagine if Aaron played New York, Hank Aaron? Oh my gosh, yes, uh, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah, they can't have everything. And he probably would have been vilified like Maris was because you know you, you didn't break the Babe's record. You know the fans wanted Mantle to do it, but they didn't want this guy from. North Dakota to do it, you know. Right, you're right. One of the 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 nice looking blonde guy, you know, to do it. So, well, JJ, uh, I, I'll go ahead and start the recap and just finish sure. the Cubs seasons season <laughs> off because we are done. Um, but we are gonna instead of uh, just doing up until uh, Sunday, we're going to recap up until today 
which uh, the Cubs season has, still has one more out before it's over. So uh, oh, okay. hopefully by the time I get to today's game, we will have finished that one. But we started off, uh, uh, we had the 26th, uh, uh, we had that Sunday off or that Monday off. So our week started with the uh, 27th when, we, when the Phillies came to town, uh, the playoff bound Phillies, and uh, they came to Wrigley and we won two to one, first game of the series. Happ and Gomes each had two hits. Uh, Christopher Morell hit his 15th home run. Marcus Stroman, seven innings of one-run ball. Manuel Rodriguez got his third major league save. So the Phillies come in, and they were fighting for something, but it was almost like the Phillies and the Brewers who were fighting for that last playoff spot. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> because the next night on the uh, 28th, uh, again, the Phillies walked into Wrigley, and we spanked them pretty bad, 4-2. to two. Uh, Curios had two hits. Christopher Morrell hit his 16th home run. Right. And Hayden Wisniewski, uh, I, I raved about him last week, uh, five innings pitched, uh, one run. Uh, Manuel Rodriguez came in again, and he picked up his fourth save. And on the 29th on Thursday, we completed this week with a 2 nothing victory. Um, Seiya Suzuki, two hits, including a triple, scored two runs. Patrick Wisdom had two hits and an RBI. Javier Assad pitched five shutout innings, and Keegan Thompson came in, pitched the last three innings of one-hit ball for his first major league save. So we swept the Phillies, a playoff team. Uh, we beat Wheeler, we beat Nola, we beat Suarez. They're three best pitchers, and we held them to three runs. And I'm going to get into this a little bit whenever I talk about the Phillies. I'm going to be talking about the National League, but nobody came to play for the Phillies except for Bryce Harper. And, you know, people think he's arrogant. They don't like him. He, he is arrogant. He's cocky. The man, he comes to play at crunch time. He sure does. And uh, I, I really respect that. So we started the weekend on Friday by defeating the Reds, 6-1 to one in Wrigley. Uh, Happ and Gomes each had two hits again. Uh, Nico Horner had three RBIs. And Adrian Sampson, um, talked about him a little bit last week, seven innings pitched, three hits, one run. On Saturday, we defeated the Reds again, two to one. Uh, Suzuki hit us uh, hit a home run in the seventh to break a one to one tie. Wade Miley pitched two innings of shutout ball in relief to get the win. Brandon Hughes got his eighth save. And then uh, on Sunday, we defeated the Reds. Um, or excuse me, we completed the sweep of the Reds, eight to one, uh, giving us a six and zero homestand. Uh, Hap had three hits with an RBI. Suzuki, two hits with two runs. Friend Mel Reyes, two hits, two runs, and an RBI. Nico Horner had two more RBIs. And Marcus Stroman, six shutout innings uh, to finish his season strong. Then on set, um, then on uh, Monday, excuse me, uh, we just swept Cincinnati and Chicago. And then because of the anomaly of the schedule, because they're making up the games that were supposed to be the first series of the season, right. we turn around and go to Cincinnati. The Cardinals have the same thing with Pittsburgh at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So we go to Cincinnati and we lose three to one. And we only got two hits against Hunter Green, who has um, just become a monster the last month of the season. I know he gave the Cardinals fits and he gave us fits. He's a and, superstar uh, in the making. He's a superstar in the making. Oh, he, He's he dominant. Throws, 102 like it's nothing i mean when you watch scherzer pitch he's he's max effort grunts this guy looks like he's just smooth 
like in a rocking chair, just throwing it, and it, it comes out 102 miles an hour. It's just amazing. Uh, Wisniewski had the unfortunate task of going against Hunter Green, but he did pitch good, six innings, two runs, one earned. Um, he did get the loss, but uh, Wisniewski and his limited time coming up um, in, in September, he finished September with a 2.18 ERA as a starter. Um, I think he had one relief outing to begin with, so um, very impressed with him. He has a wipeout slider, and uh, he has some other pitches that are on the plus side, so I like him. And then uh, yesterday, we lost to Cincinnati 3-2, to two, and in the ninth inning, Brandon Hughes coughed it up. And uh, so we lost the first two in Cincinnati. We only had three hits. Two of them were from Contreras, who also hit his 22nd home run, a solo shot, which may be his last hurrah as a Cub. And uh, there are so many rumors that he is going to the Cardinals and that, you know, it's, it's confirmed that he's put out feelers to St. Louis. And that'd be nice. Uh, Stick a knife in my heart, okay? Of all the teams to go to, I know, I know. But we would love to have him. Oh, he's a gamer. He's a gamer, and I would never root against him, never. And uh, today's game, I'm going to have to go to my phone because I think it just finished. Um, nope. Uh, there's still – it's two balls, two strikes, two outs at the bottom of the ninth. But we are at 15-2, to two, so it looks like we're going to win this one. Um, for the Cubs uh, – We've hit three home runs, but Ken Shree's had two hits, including a home run. Uh, Reyes, Fran Mel Reyes, has three hits, including a home run, also has three RBIs. Also, McKinstry has three RBIs. Uh, David Bodie has five RBIs, and two hits and four at-bats. Uh, he also went deep. And uh, we've just kind of had a cavalcade of people coming in to pitch because it's the last game of the season. So uh, I, I imagine Al is the one who the official score will give the win to. Um, he pitched 2.1 innings or two and a third innings of uh, no runs. Uh, Samson started, but he only pitched uh, two and two thirds innings before they got him out of there. Uh, Samson uh, pitched second half as a starter, uh, did really well and finished with a 3.11 ERA. I like so him. I, I think he's got a good future ahead of him. He, he does. And he's been around. It's, it's like, He's one of those pitchers who's been around for seven, eight years, bounced around from team to team. It seems like he's just figured it out. He goes out there with confidence. He doesn't have great stuff, but, man, he knows how to pitch. And uh, I, I'm really hoping that, you know, he, could, he he's going to hang around somewhere. If he, if he doesn't get our fourth or fifth uh, slot as a starter um, or the bullpen, someone's going to snatch him up if, if we feel like we can get something for him over the, in the winter because he's had one heck of a year. The Cubs, who started the year atrociously, uh, since the All-Star break, we have been, I think it's 11 games over 500. Fantastic. Um, and that's with a very uh, injured makeshift lineup uh, because the pitching has been very strong. And I'm just going to say uh, a little bit about this because one of our winter episodes, I want to talk about this. The Cubs could not, uh, they could not develop pitching in the minor leagues for a decade. Everybody that we heard, oh, this guy's got an arm, would come up and just fall flat. All of our great pitchers, uh, Lester, Arietta, Hendricks, they all came from other teams. Um, Hendricks came from the Rangers. We got uh, Lester as a free agent, and Arietta we traded for the, from the Orioles. We just kind of caught lightning in a bottle with him because he just, suddenly figured it out with the Cubs. Um, 
but we just could not develop any pitching for, for 10 years. In the last few years, we have started to develop pitching and the Cubs pitch lab is up and running. And so we have figured out the formula to take guys and accentuate their strengths and show them better uh, um, tilt, I guess is the word they're saying with breaking balls now. And it's really starting to produce. So I'm very excited about our pitching in the future. Um, uh, the offense, uh, please, Aaron Judge, uh, um, oh, man. Carlos Correa, uh, Trey Turner, somebody please come here oh, and help man. us hit the ball. So <laughs> tell us how the Cardinals did to finish out the season. And I will say the National League Central Champs, St. Louis Cardinals. Tell hey. us how they- it never gets old hearing that. I do want to say something about the Cubs, So I think David Ross has done an excellent job. Um, he's kind of like one of these uh, guys. Uh, uh, he's become like a legend in Chicago. I think yeah. He's a great manager. He's class. Uh, you know, it's just a, I think I think he's the, the organization's on a, a upturn, and he's I think he's the right man for it. And the players seem to really respect him. I don't usually say a whole a lot of good things about the Cubs, but I do like David Ross. I think he's an excellent coach. I I uh, I really like. Um, it, all right, in, in baseball, there's 162 games. There are plenty of times you're going to second guess the best managers in baseball. Oh yes, I'm sure John McGraw got second guessed um, even before people even understood what they were second guessing. But baseball is like that. You play every day and managers make mistakes. And it's kind of like that, that old saying, you know, um, you, you do 10 things right, nobody notices, and then you do something wrong and everybody's up in arms. You know, that's how managing is. Oh, so yeah. Ross has had his moments where I'm thinking, I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, was that the best move? But overall, I think he's an excellent manager. Like you said, he's a great communicator with the players. The players love him. And he kind of has this goofy persona. You know, he's on Dancing with the Stars and everything. <laughs> he is a tough son of a bitch. He does tough love with the players, and they respect him for that. Uh, Jason Hayward gave his, uh, his I guess, uh, press conference because, you know, he's not coming back. There's still a year on the contract, so he's still getting paid, but he's not coming back. And he had a very classy um, answer to all the questions about the contract and everything with class. He just just a class act. Uh, but Jason Hayward just raved about Ross, not only as a teammate, because you, Hayward came up as a 20-year-old rookie and shared a locker with David Ross in Atlanta, so he's known him for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. But he, he he's made the transition to manager, and and Hayward just thinks that the world of him and that he's got a great future in management. So, But anyway... How'd the Cardinals do? Well, the Cardinals, we've been playing 500 ball for the last three weeks, and it continued. You like to go into the playoffs. I don't know. There's just – and it's a it's a crapshoot, whoever gets hot at the right time. But you always like to go in the playoffs and see something, and you're like, all right, they're ready to go. But I'm telling you what, they've kind of been up and down. But it seems like every year we're on a roll, we don't get very far. And when we're the underdogs, it seems like we go pretty far in the playoffs. So right now, everything's pointing for us to go pretty far in the playoffs, playing 500 ball. Well, this past week, I'll start with September 26th. We had that Monday off, and then we had two games against the Brewers. The Tuesday night, all we had to do, if we won one game, we had the tiebreaker with the Brewers, and we clinched the division. We won the game 6-2. to two. 
uh, we clinched the division. Michaelis went six innings, one earned run. And um, really, he probably could have went further, but he had a really good outing. They got him out of there. The bullpen looked good. Uh, Goldie and Carlson had two hits, and Arenado got two RBIs. Everything was clicking. They celebrated. So on Wednesday, we, we've clinched the division. Usually what happens is after a big night, long night of celebrating, they bring the uh, the backups in and the second stringers. I'm not making the ball any. boy gets in a bat. You know. Everybody. Hey, guy for the popcorn. Come out here and pitch the yeah. ninth. Yeah. Get in here. So um, we, we, uh, we lose the game five to one. And we just look sluggish. But I tell you what, Quintana went five innings and just gave up one run. Seven Ks and two walks. He's looked very good. Um, I really, I think four of our five starters are really looking strong going into the playoffs. Most of the bullpen has looked excellent. We've had a few hiccups along the way, but uh, uh, and Kisner hit a home run, his fourth of the year. <laughs> you know, he still is a backup. He played a lot because Yachty was out quite a bit this year, but. Uh, I think he's pretty good defensively. He's just not much of a hitter. And in the minor leagues, he was such a good hitter. So maybe eventually it will come. We have Kisner and Herrera, who will now be the catchers, and maybe some guy named Contreras, too, next year, perhaps. So we'll see what happens. So we split with the Brewers, and the Brewers were playing for their lives because they're trying to catch the Phillies at that time. Thursday, we had a day off, and now we're doing the thing where we play. We have our final three games in St. Louis of the season against the Pirates, and then we go out to Pittsburgh for three. So the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the September 30th to Friday, we had a home game against the Pirates, and we win two to one. And Jack Flaherty seems like every game he's looking better and better and better. He went six innings, one earned run, six strikeouts, two walks. He's still up a little bit with his pitches, but, you know, he hasn't pitched that much this year. This is the game. Uh, Pujols at 7-0-1. Arenado went one for four with an RBI, and Goldie went two for four. And uh, Helsley got his 19th save. I'm telling you what, Helsley, the last two or three years has been really good. But this year, he's taken it to another level. He's hitting 104, 103. Then he's got this sinker thing on the outside corner to right-handers. It's unhittable. If they're sitting on 102, they're never going to hit that 89-mile-an-hour sinker thing he's got. So our bullpen looks really good. And when you get to the playoffs, you know, it's pitching, defense, and your bullpen. A lot of games come down to bullpen. and. I feel pretty good about that for the Cardinals. Uh, Saturday, October uh, 1st, the Cardinals win 13 to 3. Montgomery, six innings, two, two earned runs. I mean, last three games we had uh, quality starts. Dickerson goes two for four and hits a grand slam. And I really like Dickerson because he doesn't strike out much. He, he chokes up with two strikes, puts the ball in play. Good things happen. As a matter of fact, this year he set a record. You know, the Cardinals have been around since 1882. And uh, 10 straight at-bats with 10 straight hits. Of all the players that's come and gone, that's quite an accomplishment. So he's, That's amazing. That is amazing. And, you know, he's not a marquee guy. He's just a good teammate, a good piece of the puzzle. And you can win with a guy like Dickerson on your team. So Sunday come, and it was the last home game of the year. They had the big ceremony uh, before the game for Albert and Yachty. Uh, Wainwright talked. I'm not making excuses, but, you know, he's usually warming up and he's not talking to the press. They had this big ceremony. It was it was great. Um, we were hoping Wayno would, you know, he's talked about this dead arm and mechanics. He really didn't have it that day. He went four and two thirds and gave up six runs. But there was a lot of things going on in that day. 
But the moment I remember more than anything was that iconic moment where Ollie comes out, he's taken out Wayno, and he took out Pujols and Yachty at the same time, and they all walk off the field together. That'll be one of those ends of a chapter of an era that we'll just remember for the rest of our lives. I'd like to have a picture of that for sure. Uh, Albert hit 702. Yachty got a sacrifice fly. Um, and I, I, you know, I love history and I love uh, baseball history and Cardinal history. And I'm going to, I got a little thing here because people, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, this is the end of an era. What are we going to do? This is, I mean, uh, next year, Albert's going to be gone. Yachty's going to be gone and Wainwright could be gone. Um, I mean, what's the team going to be like that leadership, but I'm going to do this. I've got nine players. If you go from 1915 to 1922, there's nine players that the torch was handed off all the way up through Cardinal history. And just give me a moment because I, I won't go long on this, but okay. in, in 1915, Roger Hornsby came up with the Cardinals, uh, two-time triple crown winner. He hit 403 times. He plays from 15 to 26 and come back in 33. We go five years. There's only seven years. We don't have one of these iconic players on our team. So there's a five-year gap. And then we get Joe Ducky Medwick. Ducky Medwick's the last National League player to win the uh, Triple Crown. He plays with the Cardinals from 32 to 40. Uh, then somebody in 41 comes along, Stan the Man Musial, and he plays from 41 to 63. Uh, then we, we hit the era of Gibson and Brock. Gibson was on the team in 59 and plays the 75. And then Brock comes over from the Cubs. <laughs> Uh, from 64 to 79 so we had Brock and Gibson and they were like the hall of fame uh, leaders of that team and so we're talking from Stan Musial from 63 all the way to 79 when Brock retires so who comes along then we had two years off and Ozzie Smith comes over from the Padres plays from uh, 82 to 96 all right so now we're hitting player number seven which is McGuire and he comes over 97 to 2001 which is also the rookie year for Albert Pujols, who plays here till 2011. Yachty comes up in 04, and they both retire in 22. So nine players, you can go from 1915 to 2022 with just seven years where one of these iconic players weren't on the team. And we have a kid in the minors. Listen for this name, Jordan Walker. He's, he's in the top 10 in uh, the 100 minor league players. He looks phenomenal. He's like 19 years old. He's from Georgia. He plays third base, but he's learning to play the outfield because Arenado's in third, and he could be that next player. Although we got Goldie and Arenado too, but they didn't spend a long time with the Cardinals like these guys played pretty much their whole careers with. So even though some something's going to happen, it has since 1915, so it's going to be all right. We're going to miss those guys. And let, then, me, let me ask you this. Sure. You, you, you talked about iconic players, but you started your, your uh, talk about we're losing leadership. Yeah. Were all those iconic players leaders? Uh, yes, in different ways. They all had different things. Like Ozzy, you know, everybody loved Ozzy. He'd get out there. He was the first guy there working on his defense. Um, he wasn't much of a hitter when he came here, but he made himself a good hitter. 2,500 uh, hits is a good career. That's a great career, and he was a 210 hitter when he came here. Lou Brock, class guy, professional, taught the young guys how to be a big leaguer. Bob Gibson is an intensity, second to none. Um, he hated the other team. They were the enemy. 
we're not shaking hands it's having nice nice things to say to one another uh mcguire um i think he took a lot of attention off the uh, like the focus was so heavy on him the other guys could just play baseball we weren't very good during the mcguire years either to be honest with you it was basically the mark mcguire show so him as a leader i don't know i can't say but ducky medwick was uh a wild man he'd fight he got thrown out of a world series because he slid too hard in the third base and the cardinals that was gas house gang years and the whole team played like they were just a, they were just a rough neck guys and hornsby he didn't drink he didn't he didn't go to the movies because he didn't want anything to hurt his eyes he would just live ate slept baseball you know so those guys all the way through yeah uh stan the man what can you say about stan plus we had red shandings during most of those years too so uh, there was other great players, but those were the nine guys that kind of were the, we don't give out, the, the, the Yankees give out C's for captain, but the Cardinals, I think the last captain was Kenny Boyer in the 60s. I think he was the last captain of the, the team, you know? Yeah, I, I, I believe there's a huge difference between iconic players and leaders. Case in point, <clears throat> Pujols, a great hitter, iconic hitter. Was he the leader? No, it, it was Yachty. Yeah, it was Yachty's team there at the end. So I saw this with the Cubs, and this is what this is what bothers me about Contreras leaving. That Rizzo was the team leader. The and I'm not trying to get into the politics of anything, but when he was unvaxxed and kind of, I guess, couldn't go to Toronto, was it? Canada or so. Yeah, I, I guess. <clears throat> but anyway, it, it was apparent to me by then Contreras had become the leader of the Cubs, even with Rizzo still on the team. Bryant was an iconic player for the Cubs. He wasn't a leader. I mean, he was a robot. There was no personality. The only time he showed any personality is whenever he uh, crapped on St. Louis for some stupid reason. <laughs> Man, you never say anything, and then suddenly you're, you're crapping on St. Louis. Yeah. Um, Hayward uh, was one of our leaders, but he was not an iconic player for the Cubs. But everybody in Chicago, he did not live up to that contract. He knows he did. Um, by the way, the Cardinals offered him more money. People say, ah, oh, the Cubs got ripped off. You know, Cardinals were smart. Let him go. No, the Cardinals offered him $200 million. The Cubs offered him $180 million. But he was a leader. So that's why I'm wondering, yeah, I, you started off talking about leaders, and then you went into iconic players. And we're not in the locker rooms. We are not. You never know who the leaders are. You really don't. So. That is true. That is true. Well, the, these nine guys, except for McGuire, are Hall of Famers, and of course those home run, those home run. I'll never forget that the Sosa McGuire chase, but it's uh, it's kind of nice looking back at that. And these guys stayed with the team. That's another thing. To be an iconic player, you got to you got to stay on the team. Uh, some guys only have a, like a five seven years, and these guys were you know, uh, well like Roger Hornsby, uh, thirteen seasons. That's yeah. that's impressive. And I got, I mean, I could go on and on about it, but it's just nice that you can trace 1915 all the way up to 2022 
and Jordan Walker's coming. I don't know what to expect, but things look pretty good in the minors. That kid looks phenomenal. So uh, he could be the next the next big, big thing, you know. And so are some of these guys we have now might step up and be something special, you know. But all these guys brought different things to the, the team. And, you know, uh, Lou Brock with all his base stealing. And the, that was a different kind of game back then. 3,000 hits as well. So anyway, that's it. Oh, let me finish up the last of the, the season. We Now we go out to Pittsburgh. And uh, it looked like really we're looking for who's going to be on the roster, who's going to start, who's going to play. I mean, there's Yespis and uh, you got Burleson and you got that the, the loser kid uh, in center field. Uh, uh, I found out O'Neill is not going to be on the wild card round. He's still hurt. Nursing hamstring. He's always seems to be hurt. But Monday we play Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh wins three to two. Albert hits three oh seven oh three. Um that was the only two runs we scored was on that home run. Uh, they split Quintana pitched three innings, and then Michaelis pitched three innings. Uh, those six innings, they only gave up one run. Uh, so, anyway, and that was the game, too, that uh, we lost in the ninth inning. Uh, the, not, the bullpen walked four guys. Yeah. And that's, we lost the game. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing. I don't – that may be the worst loss of the year. Oh, that's just grueling. I don't, I mean, my gosh, Gallegos better get it together. He's been so, he's been good most of the year. He had a couple of glitches in there. He used to be the closer and Helsley was a setup man. And now it's uh, Helsley. Well, then um, Tuesday, October 4th, we went eight to seven. We were down seven to two, seven to three and came back and won that in extra innings. Um, Anything. Uh, Poole's got two more RBIs, and as you know, he's passed that Bruce for second all-time in RBIs. And uh, that's when they announced Tyler O'Neill won't be playing in that first round, and we really do need him. He brings a lot to the team. And our final game today, I just saw the end of it. We lost 5-3. to three. Um, did, did it matter that we lost? Not really. Um, they played some good defense. I think that's what the Cardinals are going to have to do, play defense. And they're going to have to decide on who's going to pitch those three games. And I think Wainwright's probably going to be in the bullpen for that first round. I really do. I think that's – you You love him. He's got a lot of experience. He's got more experience than in the, the other pitchers. But uh, right now with how he's pitching, I'd say he'd be a bullpen guy. Well, let's talk about the playoffs. Ooh, I'm going yeah. to break down the National League teams. JJ's going to break down the American League teams. And then we're going to talk about – I guess you can call it a prediction. I hate to call it a prediction because – Predictions are something I, I, I know this is going to be true. I'm predicting it. Uh, I'm just, I, I go more by probabilities. So I, I'm going to start with the uh, National League East champions, the Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champions. And uh, I'm going to start off by looking at their hitting. As a team, they have a 759 OPS. And I know a lot of people are not into a lot of the sabermetrics and the new stats, I guess I will call them for old school people like me, be like what's on the back of the baseball card. But I really do think that OPS is the most accurate um, stat to show what a player's worth is. Um, You could go with war, so on and so forth, because that does compare them to players at their own position. Um, but as far as pure offense, I like OPS. And the Braves have a 759 OPS. That's uh, on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. 
uh, which is third in baseball. So that's very good. They've hit 241 home runs, which is second in Major League Baseball. So as a team, they have a lot of thumb. And I really like Austin Riley, who's their third baseman. He finished the, I can't say finished the year because I haven't updated this since yesterday. So the stats may be a little bit off, but as of yesterday, he had 38 home runs, 93 RBIs, and an 880 OPS. If you have an OPS that's above 800, you're considered a really good uh, hitter with some thumb. Matt Olson, uh, who came over to take the place of uh, Freddie Freeman, um, he had, he finished with 33 home runs, 101 RBIs, uh, played great defense at first base. Uh, Daz, Dazney Swanson, 25 home runs, 96 RBIs, the hometown boy who was the World Series hero last year. And Rookie of the Year favorite Michael Harris uh, hit 296 with an 851 OPS and a little over 400 at-bats. And William Contreras, Wilson Contreras' little brother, who was an all-star this year, finished with an 850 OPS. And uh, they did most of this damage this year without uh, a whole lot of uh, uh, help from their best player, Ronald Acuna Jr., who had an injury-plagued year. But he's, he's going to be dangerous. You're going to have to contend with him in the playoffs. So I love their offense. Um, they have a lot of thump. They have a lot of power. And <clears throat> they also have um, a little bit of swag to them. Uh, I, I just like the way oh, the Braves yeah. carry themselves as a team. Pitching-wise, uh, they are fifth in Major League Baseball with a 3.42 ERA. And uh, they finished the year with 54 saves. Max Freed, who I think is an excellent pitcher, uh, left-hander, finished 14-7 and with a 2.48 ERA. Kyle Wright uh, finished with 21 wins, 5 losses, 3.19 ERA. Uh, the guy that I'm really, really high on is Spencer Strider, who finished 11-5, and uh, 202 strikeouts, a 0.99 whip, that's uh, walks plus hits uh, for innings pitch, so uh, less than one walker hit per innings pitch. Um, he has been uh, dealing with an oblique strain, and it looks like he is going to be available for the playoffs. Uh, interesting thing is the fastest pitcher to reach 200 Ks in Major League history, he did not in just 130 innings, so uh, that's, that's tremendous. Um, and their fourth starter is Charlie Morton, who had a pedestrian year, nine and six, 4.34 ERA. But he did strike out 205, and Charlie Morton shows up in the playoffs. Big game, Charlie Morton. Yeah, and he has he has what may be the nastiest curveball in baseball. Um, for those people who are old, remember the Burt Blylevin curveball. It's it's in that category. Um. I'm not sure how, because uh, I haven't checked, how they're going to lay out their pitching for, uh, I mean, they may probably haven't yet because they're not going to play until, when do when does this round start? Anyway, they have a bye for the first round, so um, they're going to have a few days off. Uh, their bullpen uh, is, is back, the back end of the bullpen is Kenley Jansen, who had great years for the Dodgers. He's not what he used to be. Um, he's not God, but he's still the Apostle Paul. He's still pretty good. So 
<laughs> I guess I'll put it that way. And uh, AJ Mentor is one of the best setup men in baseball. Uh, they are a, a very good pitching team. Um, and as you can see, I'm not saying they're not leading the league in any of the major categories, but they're in that top five in, in everything. And uh, it defensively, they have the ninth rated defense in baseball. Now, defense is very strange. It's very tough to quantify what defense is because you can have a high, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, percentage. Fielding percentage. Yeah. yeah, fielding percentage. But if you don't get to very many balls, it, it you know. So um, I, I kind of use the eye test and I've watched a few Braves games this year. It's a good defense, um, particularly at the corners. It's a very good defense. Um, so it's nothing that should hurt them in the playoffs. Uh, the best bet to beat the Braves is if you can get to the bullpen early before you get to mentor. If you can get to the bullpen early, knock a starter out, uh, that fifth, sixth inning is where they're vulnerable. Um along with Jansen, who will have an occasional hiccup in the ninth. Uh, but it's a very solid team, and I give them a very good shot to repeat. But like we said, it is, it's not a playoff. It's, it's a tournament. You've got to go for so long now, and anything can happen in baseball. So now let me break down the National League Central champion, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, as far as the team in hitting, they have a 749 OPS, which is fifth in Major League Baseball. There's plenty of offense there. They hit 197 home runs, eighth in Major League Baseball. So there's, they can hit the ball over the fence. Uh, the, the middle of the lineup is as good as you're going to find in baseball. Goldschmidt, 35 home runs, 114 RBIs, 987 OPS. Just a tremendous year. Arenado. 30 home runs, 102 RBIs, 891 OPS. Pujols, 24 home runs, unless he went deep today. Um, 66 home runs when I did this, 895 OPS. So there is thunder in that lineup with the top three. Um, Tyler O'Neill last year was part of that thunder. We don't know what he's going to be when he comes back for, if they make a deep run into the playoffs. So if he does come back, I think they're going to need him to wake up. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, be a contributor. But one guy that you did bring up that I really like, I've always liked, is uh, Corey Dickerson. He's looked great in the second half. Mm -hmm. And Dickerson is great in this lineup in that you've got these guys who, who – Goldschmidt and Arenado, who are going to strike out their fair amount of times. Um, but Dickerson is that guy who can come up and you got a runner in scoring position, two outs. And, you know, you need someone to uh, hit the ball into right center or in the gap or down the line or something. Dickerson can put the bat on the ball. So he, he's, he could be one of the keys um, going into the postseason. And, uh, I almost called him Donovan Osborne because you did last week. Donovan <laughs> Osborne pitched for the Cardinals in what the eighties. Yeah, it's been uh, a while. So uh, now I can't remember the guy's first name. Uh, I know Donovan. That's all I can remember right, right now. The guy with the artist known as Donovan. Um, 
hurdy gurdy man for those of you who like rock and roll from the 60s um he uh he has a a 394 on base percentage so he gets on base quite a bit so i like the lineup i really like the lineup uh offensively there's not a thing that i don't like about this team now pitching um, they are ninth in Major League Baseball with a 3.76 ERA, and their bullpen has saved 37 games, which is 22nd in Major League Baseball. I don't really look at saves as a barometer of how good your bullpen is because there's so many variables to go into a save. If you don't have save opportunities, you're not going to have as many. Um, their, their top three, uh, well, let's call it their, their big four right now, uh, Miles Michaelis, uh, 12 and 13 with a 3.29 ERA. Wayne Wright, 11 and 12 with a 3.71 ERA. Uh, Quintana, since he came over, has a 2.01 ERA. Jordan Montgomery come over from the Yankees, six and three with a 3.11 ERA. Now, if Wayne Wright is still dealing with this dead arm, with this arm syndrome, I'm kind of curious, how are they going to go in this first round? Are they going to go Michaelis, Quintana, uh, Montgomery? And then the next round, what are they going to do? You know, if it does go three games, somewhere they're going to have to put the fourth starter in. And I'm wondering, do they start Michaelis with a short leash and kind of have what they call a piggyback start? You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to, or excuse me, Wainwright, we're going to put, Wayne Wright out there for three innings, give it all he's got with the arm that he has left, and then we'll put Flaherty in for three innings and let Flaherty give it all he has and then turn it over to the bullpen. So um, there is that possibility. It's going to be interesting to see how um, Ali uh, kind of shakes that out. Um, the bullpen, uh, Helsley, uh, 19 saves, 1.26 ERA, almost unhittable at times. Giovanni Gallegos, 14 saves, uh, 3.05. So you, two got, you do have two people who can close, and uh, you've got uh, two people who can set each other up. Uh, the back end of the bullpen is very good. Uh, there are some current concerns that I have. In the playoffs, we have found out that power arms carry teams, and the Cardinals just do not have arms that strike out people that could come in and just blow people away. They have Flaherty when he's right, who could be that pitcher. But I know they're solid pitchers, but if if I'm the Braves or I'm the Dodgers, one of the really strong teams facing Miles Michaelis, Wainwright, Quintana, Montgomery, that's not going to scare me a whole lot. So, uh, but, but I always... I always say it's baseball. Anything can happen. Anything. Six Cardinals. Yeah. So 1973 Mets made it to the World Series on a very mediocre team. It happens. 88 Dodgers. I can go on and on. <laughs> um, what I do love about the Cardinals is they catch the ball like nobody else. They're the best defense in baseball. Um, they have uh, Arenado is, is an alien at third base, um, which is weird because the – two best defensive third basemen that I have seen. And I started watching baseball at the very end of Brooks Robinson's career. So I, I, I don't say, you know, Brooks Robinson, you know, cause I really didn't see him two best defensive uh, third basemen that I've seen have both played for the Cardinals. That's uh, Scott Rowland and Arenado. And uh, 
Um, when you have a defense uh, as good as the Cardinals um, up the middle on the corners, um, when you have that kind of defense in the outfield, you don't have to strike as many people out because you're going to catch the ball. So that is something that kind of feeds into, okay, we are, we are not a swing and miss pitching staff. We are a pitch to contact pitching staff, but we can do that because we're going to catch the ball. Uh, best bet for the Cardinals is if they can get early leads and make teams play catch-up baseball, they're going to be in good shape. Um, if their hitting goes cold, I think their chances are really going to diminish. Um, if, 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 if they run into pitchers who are going to hold them to uh, three, four, or five hits a game, um, they're going to have a big problem on their hands because somewhere when you have pitch-to-contact pitchers, somewhere somebody is going to put one over the wall. Mm-hmm. And just chance. Oh, yeah. uh, the gaps in the bottom portion of the lineup are a mild concern. Um, but, you know, if, if O'Neill can come back later in the playoffs and be a presence, that's going to alleviate that. So I like the Cardinals, um, and now I'm going to go to the team that I'm not supposed to like, um, the Dodgers. Would they win 110, 111 games? The best season they ever had. Yeah. Uh, They uh, have a 776 OPS, which is first in Major League Baseball. They've hit 208 home runs, fifth in Major League Baseball. And uh, this year, because uh, the offense – was maybe lacking. Let's go out and get Freddie Freeman, who hit 20 home runs, 98 RBIs, a 914 OPS. Hmm. He's an MVP candidate, probably not going to win it. Um, I think Goldschmidt uh, is is the winner there, but um, he, he's he's their best uh, MVP candidate. He had another great season. He's Freddie Freeman. It's Freddie freaking Freeman. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, 35 home runs, 82 RBIs, 87. 878 uh, OPS, uh, can steal bases, uh, plays defense uh, like a maniac. Will Smith, uh, probably, and I, I will say this, even though I'm a Contreras fan, probably the best um, um, offensive catcher in the National League right now. Um, Rio Muto, Contreras, and Will Smith right yes. up there. 24 home runs, 87 RBIs, 813 OPS. Trey Turner, a future Cub, uh, <laughs> 20 home runs, 97 RBIs, 807 OPS, 27 stolen bases. He's just smooth out there. Uh, Justin Turner, uh, 795 OPS, and uh, they have a great bench, Gavin Lux, Trace uh, Thompson. You know, there, there are a couple of, of concerns about the, the offense. Max Muncy hit under 200 this year. He had, he had his power, but he hit under 200 this year. Bellinger had a terrible year. Two in a row now. Yeah, so the lineup isn't as it's it's very stacked at the begin at, at from one through six, but they do kind of have that lag there at the end that uh, you know, they're not quite as great as an offense. You know, is is we they're they're not they're not the twenty seven Yankees. I guess I can put it that way. Pitching is what scares the hell out of you. First Major League Baseball, 2.79 ERA. Um, uh, Julio Urias, 17-7 and seven with a 2.12 ERA, 0.96 whip. Clayton Kershaw, um, of course, sometimes he doesn't always show up for the playoffs, but 11-3, 230 ERA, uh, 0.96 whip. 
Tyler Anderson, 15 and 5, 2.57 ERA. Andrew Haney, 4 and 3, 2.88 ERA. Uh, okay. 103 strikeouts and 69 innings. That's that's stupid. Tony Goslin, who is injured, who, who's had some, I, I think he's going to be back from the playoffs, 16 and 1, 2.14 ERA. He has a whip of 0.87. They have starters they don't know what to do with. Yeah. The Dodgers do not have that guy at the end. It was supposed to be Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell is not what he used to be. He didn't end up with 22 saves. He lost the closer's job. His ERA is in the fours. He's just not what he used to be. Uh, Daniel Hudson, he may be the closer in the playoffs. Um, the, 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 the Dodgers got Chris Martin for the Cubs, and he was having a good year with the Cubs. Since coming over from the Cubs, he has a 1.52 ERA. Uh, Evan Phillips has a 1.14 ERA. There are some people in the bullpen who've had great years, but I'm just saying overall, the bullpen can be got. I I would not be surprised if one of the teams overtakes the Dodgers. They are the 13th rated defense in baseball. That's pretty pedestrian. Um, they have uh, um, concerns with their, their defense. And when does when when do when do defensive miscues really show up? In the big game, late in the game, big, big late moments. in games, yes. In the playoffs, what was it a few years ago? Um, who was the uh, the catcher for the Dodgers? Shoot, can't remember who 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 just suddenly forgot how to play defense. Uh, couldn't catch the ball, couldn't throw a guy out, you know. So uh, the defense can be an Achilles heel for heel for them. And uh, like I said, you know, if you get to the bullpen, okay, the best bet with the Dodgers is the Dodgers, they can out-slug team. They can out-pitch teams. They are clearly the best team in baseball. But it's not on paper. It's on the field. Right. Uh, instability at the back of the bullpen is the only real concern with them. But, hey, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Now let's get to the wild card teams. The Mets, the New York Metropolitans. They have a 740 OPS, which is seventh in Major League Baseball, 164 home runs, which is 16th in Major League Baseball. Their best hitter, Pete Alonzo, 40 home runs, 131 RBIs. It's a ton of RBIs, 865 OPS. Francisco Lindor, 25 home runs, 103 RBIs, 788 OPS. Eduardo Escobar put 20 over the wall, decent season. Uh, Starling Marte, 815 OPS, good season. Jeff McNeil, 8.29 OPS, good season. Daniel Vogelbach, who uh, they got, oh gosh, who they getting for? Can't remember, but anyway, um, in limited duty, he has he has an eight point five or point uh, eight five one OPS. So uh, I've always liked Vogelbach as a hitter. Uh, came up with the Cubs, uh, went to the Mariners, had a few great years there with an officer. So I, I kind of like the guy. I have. Uh, to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one thing there. After they started testing for steroids, seems like a, a lot of more. Heavy set guys have come into the league. I'm a heavy set guy, so I'm always pulling for the heavy set guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are my boys. Yeah. Vogelback is not going to be mistaken for a wide receiver. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pitching, uh, they are eighth in Major League Baseball with a 3.61 ERA. They uh, 15th uh, with 40 saves. Um, Scherzer, 
Uh, 11 and 5, 2.29 ERA, 0.94. The St. Louis guy just keeps rolling and is still good. DeGrom, uh, when oh. he finally came back, he was 5 and 4, 3.08 ERA. That doesn't sound that great, but when you dig into the numbers a little bit, 64 innings, he struck out 102 guys, and his whip is 0.75. So uh, they do have they, 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 they have the two big guys at the top. Chris Bassett, uh, 15-9, and 3.42 ERA. Carlos Carrasco, 15-7, and 3.95 ERA. Taiwan Walker, 12-5, 3.59ERA. This is why I'm not too high on the Mets, because the Cubs just went to New York and swept the Mets a few weeks ago. Um, their offense, when you take out Alonzo, if, if, if they can pitch to Alonzo, the offense becomes very stagnant, very stagnant. Uh, Lindor's a good player. Escobar's a good player. But these are not players who tend to carry a team. That's Alonzo. So if they can pitch Alonzo good, the, the offense is going to have a tough time scoring runs. With the pitching, um, Scherzer and DeGrom are going to be Scherzer and DeGrom. But who's going to be that third starter? Chris Bassett, the Cubs handled him without much of a problem. Carlos Carrasco has almost a four ERA, even though he's 15 and seven. Taiwan Walker uh, has a pretty pedestrian uh, ERA at 12 and five. So I don't even know which one of those they would slot in at number three and number four and who would go to the bullpen. Um, what I do love about the bullpen is their setup guy, Adam Adevedo, um, has a 0.98 whip. He's a great setup guy. And Edwin Diaz, who saved 31 this year, who's got the best uh, entry music in baseball, walk-up oh, music yes. in baseball, um, a minuscule 1.39 ERA and a 0.86 whip. Um, the Mets do have the third-rated defense, but like I said, defense is kind of hard to quantify. And, you know, if I was like the real nerdy statistician, maybe I would have dove a little bit deeper into it, looked up stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm me, so I don't want to <laughs> spend my time doing that. Best bet, you can beat the Mets if you get past Scherzer and DeGrom. Uh, the third and four starters can be easily had. Um, you're in trouble if the game gets to the eighth inning because uh, Adebedo and Diaz are going to turn your lights off. So the offense, uh, like I said, it can be shut down. If you shut down Alonzo, the, the whole team tends to fall asleep. So uh, that's my take on the Mets. And I knew this was going to take a long time. That's <laughs> so all right. The Padres, um, I watched a lot of Padres this year. Uh, they have a seven – uh, 100 OPS, which is 14th in Major League Baseball. Not a lot of power, 152 home runs, uh, less than a home run a game. Uh, they're big hitters, uh, Manny Machado, who has who has 32 home runs, 101 RBIs, 8.93 uh, OPS. He was one of the first half, looked like an MVP candidate, kind of tailed off a little bit. Jake Cronenworth, 17 home runs, 7.25 ERA. Juan Soto, since coming over one-third of the season with the uh, Padres, he's only hit six home runs. Um, he has a decent OPS of 7.90, but he hasn't set the world on fire. And in that trade with the Nationals, they also got Josh Bell. Josh Bell has been terrible. He has a 5.86 OPS. That doesn't fly. Um, 
to give you a, a more traditional, he's batting, I think, about 186 since joining the Padres. Mm. Um, pitching, they have a 3.79 ERA, good for 11th in baseball. Uh, former Cub U, Darvish, 16-8 and eight, with a 0.95 whip. Good season by you. Um, uh, Joe Musgrove, 10 and 7, 2.93 RA through the first Padre no hitter this year. Um, I think their best pitcher is Blake Snell um, when he's on. When Blake Snell is off, he can't find the plate. Uh, but if Blake Snell is on, he's got a 3.38 ERA, he can eat you alive. Um, former uh, Cy Young Award winner when he was with the Rays. And uh, Mike Clevenger and Sean Manea, who they, they gave up a uh, uh, kind of a lot for have had subpar season. Manaya, I don't know if he's even Manaya, I don't even know if he's going to make the postseason roster. Uh Taylor Rogers, uh he led the team with 28 saves uh, for a subpar bullpen. So they thought, okay, we'll bring over Josh Hader. And uh Josh Hader has a 7.31 ERA since being acquired from the Brewers and he's lost his closer spot. I don't even know if he's going to be on the postseason. So what I'm saying was the bullpen is a mess. For, for the uh, um, Padres, the top three starters are good, Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. And Snell has to be on. If, he, if, he's, if everything's not working right, he's going to be out by the third inning because he'll have 90 pitches. Right. Um, they do have a pretty decent defense, um, but I don't think there's enough offense and I don't think there's enough pitching. I feel bad because the Padres did spend a lot of money um, when, when they're not a big market team and they want to give their people uh, their first World Series championship, and it just doesn't seem to be in the card, cards. Best bet for the Padres that the people will play to their stats on the back of their baseball card. If that happens, they can catch fire. Josh Bell, Will Myers, Mike Clevenger, Sean Manea, Josh Hader, they need to be themselves. They can't be these people that they have been. I didn't even get into how uh, Will Myers uh, just didn't have much of a year at all. Um, if they all play to the back of their baseball cards, they could win it. Um, but Machado cannot carry this offense all by himself. If you get past the starters, you have a great advantage. And finally, the last team to make the playoffs, the Philadelphia Phillies, um, 743 uh, OPS, which is good for six of Major League Baseball. They did hit 205 home runs, also good for six of Major League Baseball. But Bryce Harper was, was banged up this year. Um, he did finish with 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, and 881 OPS in 98 games. And I just saw Josh Hader this week. Or Josh Hader. Uh, why did I say that? Bryce Harper this week. <laughs> Bryce Harper's back. He looked like himself. So um, that is going to be a big boost. Kyle Schwarber hit 46 home runs, drove in 94, 830 OPS. Uh, JT Riamutal. Ramuto, 22 home runs, uh, 819 OPS. And for a catcher, he sold 21 bases. Um, Reese Hoskins, 30 home runs, 78 RBI, 798 OPS. Alex Bohm, 715 OPS. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a bad year. Um, his OPS was under 700. Uh, but if Nick Castellanos, once again, placed the numbers on the back of the baseball card, that's a formidable lineup. Um, Pitching, they have almost a four ERA. 
uh, 3.93, 17th in Major League Baseball. Aaron Nola, their ace, 11 and 13. Don't let that fool you. He's really good. 3.25 ERA, 235 strikeouts, 0.96 whip. Had a lot of bad luck. Zach Wheeler, 12 and 7, 2.83 ERA. Ranger Suarez, 10 and 6, 3.37 ERA. Kyle Gibson, 10 and 8 with a 5 ERA. Um, the bullpen has uh, Corey Knable, um, my, my favorite name, Sir, Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, David Robertson, <laughs> former Cub, Brad Hand. Together, they had 32 saves, but they blew 19 saves. So whoever they're going to hand the ball off to in the ninth, we don't know. Um, they have a one and four shot of blowing it. So I'm not too enamored by this team. They are a pretty good defense defensively. Um, when they get to the ball, but they are a slow team. They don't get to a whole lot of balls. And this is one of those anomalies where I say, you know, they have a good fielding percentage, but as far as getting to balls and as far as throwing from the outfield, um, turning double plays, there's just a lot there that don't show up as errors that um, is holds them back defensively. Best bet for the uh, Phillies is the Nola Wheeler, um, our Nola and Wheeler, and then Suarez pitches over his head. Like I said, the bullpen is very hittable. The offense has a lot of holes after the big four. They're going to need a lot of luck. And uh, my prediction is the Phillies go home early. That is my breakdown of the National League. What do you got for the American League? Well, the American League, I think, is up for grabs. I think everybody's got a shot. The National League's a little top heavy. And I'm starting out at the what I'll call the bottom. The, team that, the last team to make the playoffs was the Tampa Bay uh, Rays or Tampa Bay Devil Rays. 86 and 73. Now, <clears throat> the first round, you're playing on the road. They're playing on the road, and they're 35 and 44 on the road. Some interesting stats with Tampa Bay is they blew more saves than any other team in baseball. They don't have a single guy with 10 saves. They have five guys with a single-digit saves. So uh, that's what they're bringing to the table. I do like, to be honest with you, if you see their all. Their defense, they're a very good defensive team. Uh, they always are. They always are. They've got a lot of uh, playoff uh, history. They've The last three years, they've made the playoffs, and they're battle-tested because I do believe the American League East is the best division in baseball. I hate to say that, but you got the Yankees, the Orioles, the Red Sox, Tampa Bay, and Toronto over there. And after you play more games than that, I think you're ready for the playoffs. So don't let the record, uh, you know, fool you. Um, double plays, um, 107 on the season and out of the playoff teams, um, out of the six playoff teams, that's the fifth best errors. They made 81, but you know, like Vince said, errors are sometimes it's just guys don't even get to the ball. And then some guys make a diving plane and throw it away or something like that. Um, building percentage, a 986, uh, a very good team, a solid team. But if you look at their batting stats, none of this is going to blow you away. Well, first of all, we'll start out with the hitting. Their, their batting average is a team is 240. I'm old style stats. I don't have all these sabermetric statistics. That's 25th in baseball is their batting average. Um, they walked, they're the 14th best team in walks, 492. Um, they struck out uh, the 20th in strikeouts. Uh, their uh, OPS is 685 as a team, which was 25th. They're not going to blow you away. They have, and that's the thing. This team just plays solid ball. 
that Wandy Franco kid is a phenomenal kid. He's already signed to a 14 year. He's in his rookie year and he's got a 14 year uh, contract already set up. Uh, their best hitter is Yandy Diaz. Their shortstop hitting 297. Um, uh, they have, uh, let's see, uh, David Peralta is a guy. You'll know his name, but he only hit 252. Manuel Margot hit 276. And uh, a Rosarina. Rosarina! Yeah, a Rosarina fever. Well, I tell you what, he had incredible playoffs that first time he was over there. But, uh, and we got Libertor for him, which he did pitch today. I won't, you know, he's he's a prospect. Anyway, 20 home runs, 89 RBIs, and 153 hits. He's their D, he's been DHing more than anything. Uh, so their hitting is not gonna blow you out. Uh they're pitching, they're this is where this is where they're tough. They play good defense, they pitch, and uh their starters go, go a lot of innings. Their ERA as a team is 337, fourth best in baseball, uh walks. Uh, the fewest walks in baseball, uh, 376. Strikeouts are 13th. Uh, they're right in the middle, giving up home runs and saves their 10th. But it's by, it's bullpen by committee. And that's the thing about Tampa Bay. They mix and match. They platoon players. You really can't look and say, oh, these are their top players. They have a lot of good players, and they mix and match. So that kind of throws it off. But they have a kid. Their ace is a Shane uh, McCullen. Um, 12 wins, a 3-5-4 ERA, and uh, 194 Ks. And if their top four pitchers, starters, are uh, – remember Kluber? He's he's down there. He's got a 4-3-4 ERA. He's older. I think he uh, – you know, he's a smart guy. He knows how to pitch, the art of pitching. But they have a kid, a young kid named Springs, uh, 2.45 ERA, and Rasmussen, 2.84. And then Tyler Glasnow was another big – star for them but he's actually uh throwing a he missed a lot of the season but i think he's ready for the playoffs and his is a even three runs so tampa bay will pitch good bullpen's very shaky play good defense and they hit just good enough now in any series they're going to be in they got a fighter's chance of winning but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't put too much on on them going very far i i wouldn't bet the house on that uh, their their bullpen has a 3.34 ERA, 44 saves, um, and have given up 83 home runs. So they get killed at the end of the game. So that's so the bullpen has given up 83 home runs. Yeah, the bullpen. That's amazing. Yeah, and they and they've got it here uh, to, to to this point. Um, that's what that's what I looked up and I seen that and I couldn't believe it because other teams are like you know 45 home runs, 50 home runs horrible they give up the home runs and that that just defeats you when you've played a tough game and then your team they blow it by they like i said they've given up they've blown more uh uh, games than any other bullpen in baseball so tampa bay and they've got a tough job because they've got to go to cleveland and play all three games in cleveland and they're they're not a very good road team so that moves us up to the other wild card team which would be uh let's see toronto uh, Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, they got the fever right now. They haven't been to the playoffs for 21 years. They're so happy, but they're going to be in the road going to Toronto. And one good note is September 22nd, uh, Canada dropped their vaccine mandate. So all the players can go up there and play uh, and, and play. So Seattle is going up there. Uh, they've got a good young team. 
Uh, very, very young. Their catcher's 25. Ty France, their first baseman's 27 years old. I really like this kid. 20 home runs, 82 RBIs, and hit 275. Uh, Adam Frazier, who's been around the league, is 30. He's one of the older players on the team. Uh, J.P. Crawford is second base, 27. These guys are just getting into their prime. Uh, they made a trade with Cincinnati and brought over Suarez, the third baseman, who's been a good force for them. Uh, he only hit 235. But he did hit 31 home runs and this Winker kid, which I couldn't believe the Reds got rid of. But uh, he went over there. He only hit 219. I would see highlights of him. And then I looked at his statistics. He only hit 219 uh, and only 14 home runs. Um, I don't know if he was hurt or, or what was going on. But they've got this kid, Rodriguez, a center fielder, who is, mark my word, he's going to be the next big Mariner player, just 21 years old. Hit 284, 27. He's the fastest guy to 25 home runs, 25 uh, stolen bases. So uh, look out for him. Uh, They're a solid team, and they've got some big-name players. Their defense, um, on the defensive side of things, Seattle, uh, 113 double plays, 63 errors. Matter of fact, of all the playoff teams, they've made the fewest errors. They've got a young team that just can flat out fly. Uh, Philly percentage, 986. And I'll be honest with you, the Philly percentage is so close on all these American League teams. It really doesn't mean that much of a difference. Um, Seattle, as far as uh, hitting and pitching, hitting average, uh, they only, as a team, get a load of this, their batting average was 229 as a team. That is 28th in the league. That's not going to beat many teams in the playoffs. You know, uh, home runs, 192. They hit 20. They're 20th in that walks. They do walk a lot. Uh, 588 walks. That's third in the league and strike out the 18th most 83 stolen bases right in the middle of the pack. So they are a good team, but here is their strength is their pitching. They got a uh, Robbie Ray, who's 30 years old. He went 12 and 12 with three, seven, one ERA. And he pitched good down the stretch for him. He was one of the reasons they beat out the Orioles and some of those other teams for that, that playoff spot. Um, they have a kid, oh, Marco Gonzalez, an ex-Cardinal. Uh, he's 30 as well. He went 10 and 15 with a 4.14. These guys eat up a lot of innings, though. Um, uh, they got from the Reds, Luis Castillo, who has always given the Cardinals the trouble. The guy can change his speeds in and out, up and down. Um, he was 4-2 and two when he got over the 3.17 ERA. And he signed an extension too, so he's going yeah, to be a part of he's going to be a part of that Seattle team for a while, and that's great for him um, because he wasn't going to the playoffs with the Reds, that's for sure. And I'm it, glad the Cubs don't have to see him much oh, anymore. Yeah, I wanted us to get him so we didn't have to face him anymore. And this 25 year old kid named Gilbert, who was 13 and six with a 3.20, so they're going to throw three good starters who've been around the league a long time, don't have a lot of playoff experience. But uh, we'll give you the best they have. And their bullpen, let me see. I got the Seattle bullpen, some statistics on Seattle bullpen. Uh, well, I thought I did. I do not have – I didn't break down their, their bullpen like some of the other teams. But Seattle, again, I think they're just happy to be there. It's good experience for that team. And they have to go on the road and play – or they have to go to Toronto and play. So, uh, so that's what's going on there. Now, Toronto is the 
the best wild card team in the American League, and they came out of the East too, ninety one and sixty nine, uh, really good. They are um, they had a point differential of ninety three. This team will beat you to death. This team can just hit the daylights out of the ball. They they have a young team. Uh, I think they're going to be. This is just the beginning of something great for them on paper. They got a young team, and they look like they're going to be around for a long time. Their catcher's just 23, named Kirk, and he actually made the All-Star game this year. He had 286 as a catcher. The Cardinals and he does there. not look like an athlete at all. No, again, one of the chunky monkey guys that I like. Little bitty squatty guy. Looks like he's built to catch. Mike uh, Lavalier come, come to life. Mike <laughs> Lavalier, great, uh, great comparison there. He's just 23 years old. Then you got Vlad Jr. Oh, my gosh. He's just mm. 23 years old. 32 home runs, 97 RBIs, and a 273 ERA. Kind of like uh, there was a captain of the team. It might be him. Uh, second base, uh, they had Bijou there, but uh, this kid Espinosa took the spot over. He's 27, hit 267. I mean, this team from top to bottom, they hit. Bo Bouchette, 289. He's only 24 years old. He had 24 home runs. Matt Chapman, they got from the A's, and I think he might be the – one of the top five defensive third basemen. He's, he's very game. good, yes. Very good. He's just – he's only 29 years old. So they're going to have him for some years too. Um, he only hit uh, 229 this year, but he plays top-notch defense, 76 RBIs. Uh, Lourdes Guerrilla in the outfield, 28. George Springer brings all that experience he had with Houston. He's a gamer. They love him there. He's 32. He's the old guy on the team. Uh, hit 267 with 25 home runs, 76 RBIs. Seems like he's always coming through. He'll come up and have two men on base with two outs, and usually he comes through. Um, Hernandez in left field and a kid named Zach Collins. And uh, Hernandez is 29. Collins is 27. So this is a very, very young team. And then on the bench, this separates them from the first two teams I mentioned. They got Biggio on their bench. He's 27. Uh, Biggio only hit 200 this year, uh, but he's only 27 years old. He's just now hitting his prime. They believe he's going to be a good player. They got Danny Jansen, the backup catcher, who's 27, and he's been in the majors for a while now. 264. That's Hey, the Cardinals would take that. And uh, one of my all-time favorite guys, he was a royal his whole career, Whit Merrifield, two-hit Whit. He's on their bench. And he'll probably play a lot in the field, too. But excellent player. He's 33. I'm glad he's getting to see some playoff action. He hit 289. Doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but he's a professional hitter. Uh, and then they got Jackie Bradley Jr. to play in the outfield, too, as a defensive player. So uh, he didn't hit much this year. He hasn't hit much for the last few years, but he still catches the ball. He's still coming in for defensive replacement late in the game. And you, and you need guys like that. Now, they have a big three that'll come at you. I think some of the teams, I think the Astros and Yankees have much deeper start rotations. But the big three is this kid, Manoa, who's 24 years old, and he's a gamer. He was 16-7 and this year, 196 innings, 180 strikeouts, and a 2.24 ERA. He is the race. He's young, though. And, uh, you know, the real good teams will take a young pitcher and make him work throw six, seven, eight, nine pitches in an inning. By the time the fifth inning comes around, they got to go into the bullpen. So those good teams with a lot of experience 
can get to kids like this. They got Kevin Gosman, who was with the uh, Giants last year. He's 31 years old. He's 12 and 10 this year. But the Blue Jays score so many runs. If you can just have a quality start, they're probably going to win. And uh, Jose Boreas, I can't say Spanish names very well. He's 28. He's 12 and 7. But his ERA is a 5.23 for the season. Uh, I think he had trouble with the home run ball this year. Oh, did, is that it? A few home runs, yeah. Yeah, well, and breaking down them basically as a team, they're the top-hitting team in baseball with a 263 uh, batting average, seventh in home runs with 199, uh, 14th in walks. They they don't uh, – stolen bases 10, uh, on-base percentage second. So that team can hit with anybody. But the, then the pitching, though – <laughs> Their ERA is fit right in the middle with a 3.88. And I think that's going to be their downfall is their bullpen and their pitching. Uh, strikeouts are right in the middle, 16th with 1,376. I'm just kind of showing you where they, they rank. Walks, they don't walk a whole lot of people, though. But, uh, man, they're going to out-hit you. And uh, home, they're 47 and 34. So they get to host Seattle in the first round. And Seattle's not much of a away team, and and uh, Toronto's pretty good. And they, like I said, they came out of the East. So now we get to the division winners, and the division winners are uh, you got the Cleveland Indians, and good for Cleveland because that team Guardians. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I did say Indians. Guardians. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's going to take a long time for me to get back on track with that. Um. They were, I mean, they're just a consistent team. And again, just like uh, Tampa Bay, they don't have a lot of, they got one big name player, Jose Ramirez. That guy, he's on a course for Cooperstown. That, he's a special player. Uh, they were 44 and 35 at home, and they're going to be hosting the first round. They were 90 and 70, but they came out of the central. And there's some weak teams at the bottom of that central. So that could be a little misleading on that. Um, some of their big players, of course, Jose Ramirez, 29 home runs, uh, 122 RBIs. I thought he was going to lead the American League. I thought he was going to lead all of baseball in RBIs come April and May, but then Judge got so hot, just kind of passed him by. But again, he had a very, very good season. Um, they're, they're three, they got some really good pitchers in Cleveland and they're a good, uh, their pitching staff is probably their strength. They have the Bieber kid, a 288 ERA, 198 strikeouts. Uh, McKenzie, Quintrell, and Plesak, very good. They have four quality starters that they'll send that at, out at you. They're hitting. Uh, home runs are they're almost at the bottom of the league in home runs. Average, they're eighth. RBIs, they're in the middle. Walks, strikeouts. Um, uh, they're they're probably they're they're last place with strikeouts. Um, I just don't see them going very far, but their pitching is very good. If you can play defense and you're, and you can pitch ERA is six best, a 3.49. Um, they do give up the home runs. Uh, anyway, so I won't get too far into Cleveland because that's about all they, they got. They say a few superstar players, uh, a solid four and uh, their, their bullpen is uh a 307 ERA and they had 51 saves. So, uh, and they only gave up 53 home runs 
And so compared to some of the other teams, that's that's pretty good. They're just a solid team. But now when you get to the, the two other division winners, this is the big boys right here. First of all, you got the New York Yankees. And I've always kind of, ah, yeah, the Yankees, but they are good. Uh, 99 and 61. They had a point differential of 124. Solid all the way around. Their, bit, their bench, their starters, their rotation, their bullpen. Uh, they're, they're very good. Um, there are a lot of, uh, older guys on this team, but the, the, the Yankees are a team that just reloads every year. They'll go out and get more players. Um, they have, uh, let's see Rizzo this year. He was hurt. They had a lot of injuries this year. That's another thing. The Yankees looked unbeatable through June after the all-star break, the entries started mounting. Rizzo was hurt, but he's, he's 32. He had 32 home runs at just 227. But the Yankees, as you know, that right field porch, if you're a left-handed hitter, they're cranking them out, uh, the left-handed hitters. Matt Carpenter, I love Carpenter, but he was pretty much done in St. Louis. He goes over there and, and you know, has a renaissance season over there. Uh, a really good player, Torres at second. Um, Former Cub. Oh, he is? I did not know that. Um, well, he, he we traded when he was a minor leaguer. That's how we got Chapman. Oh, okay. So they got Rizzo at first. Torres a second, you know. So. They have some, they got big names. Every there's like a big name at every position. That's uh the Texas Rangers when they went out and got those two shortstops this uh fall. They had they they were got rid of that uh Kiner Fluffia. Uh he's their shortstop this year. Um he's only 27 and he hit 262. Uh Donaldson at third, but I don't think he's the same player as he used to be. Uh and he's 36 years old now. So they're an older team. Donaldson uh, was also in the Cubs organization. See, I did not, I didn't know, I don't remember Donaldson over there. Yeah, we, we got rid of him when he was still in A ball for a pitcher who lasted about a season and a half. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, they're outfield, though. I mean, listen to this Hicks, Judge, which had a historical year this year. Um, Joey Ga- Gallo, 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 I can't say Gallo. Gallo. He's with Texas. Strikes out a ton, but man, he's got power. And that's what you're going to get with the Yankees. They're going to strike out a lot, but they're going to knock some home runs. Gallo and, got traded. He's not with the Yankees anymore. He's not with the Yankees no more? No. I, is he a okay. Dodger now? You know what? He is. My God, I'm embarrassed. My gosh. <laughs> I was going through, hey, I was going through these stats like a crazy man all for the last three days. And then Stanton who's 32 now, he cannot stay injury-free. That guy's always hurt. I think he's going to be ready for the playoffs, though. But uh, he's always a threat. Then they got DJ Mahayu, um, former Car- Cub. Carpenter, former Cardinal, and Bader. And Bader has made their outfield betters because they can move Judge over to right field. Yeah. They're a good team, but they can be – all these teams can be beat. None of them are just going to walk out there, throw their hats down, and beat everybody. Um they're not a very fast team. They're starting rotation, though. They're going to send us quality starter at, at the whole time. They got uh, Cole, who was 13-7 and seven with a 3.51 ERA. Talion, who they also got from the Pirates, uh, 30. Uh, he's 30 years old with a 14-5 and five record. Cortez was there all year, and he's considered their ace. I don't know. I think maybe Cole is, but he went 12-4 and four with a 2.44. He's the guy with the mustache. And uh, Severino is 28, and he went seven and three. So they got four really good starters, which a lot of these other teams don't have. 
Um, the Yankees, uh, let's see. I had some statistics on them. At home, they're a much better team at home, and they're going to be playing their, the second round. By the way, the first round is just three games, and the, the lower seed plays all three games on the road. The second round is five games. It's two. The better team hosts two, then it's two for the other team. And if there's a fifth game, it'll go back to the, the higher-ranked team. And then the championship series will be seven games, and the World Series will be seven games, as always. But here's a team that I just think, on paper, is – but you know that. Paper don't mean anything in the playoffs. It's a crapshoot. But uh, the Houston Astros, as of yesterday, there were 104 and 56, and there was two games to go. Their point differential is uh, 208. They've scored 208 more runs than they gave up. They're equally good on, at home and away. They're 53 and 26 at home, 51 and 30 away. Uh, a very good team. They're an older team as well, just like the Yankees. So their day in the sun may not be as long, but they have some. Uh, Maldonado, the catcher, is 35 years old. He hit 14 home runs. He's very good defensively, but he's not much of a hitter. Grilia at first is 38. Uh, he hit 241. Altuve and uh, Jeremy Pena at, at short. Uh, Alex Bergman, another holdover from the World Series year. Excellent player. Um, they did get Mancini to help. A great Baltimore Oriole player. Played his whole, uh, from what I remember, played his whole career there. I hated to see him go, but he hasn't done a whole lot since he's been over there. But they have some good young players. This Kyle Tucker kid. He's going to be like the next batch of great players that come along. Uh, he hit 257, 25 stolen bases, and 29 home runs. Um, Alvarez, their DH, 301, uh, batting average with 37 home runs. So they've got they've got speed, they got power. I just think on paper this is the best team. They um, their pitchers are going to throw at you as Valdez has become a superstar player this year. He's 28 years old. He went 16 and six with a 2.89 ERA, 196 strikeouts. Some kid named Jay uh, Verlander. And this guy just keep father time has not slowed him down yet. 39 years old and 17 and four. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you marry a supermodel. They kind of <laughs> keep you, keep you going on the mound right there, but he still has it. Um, Garcia, uh, I, some of these names I have trouble saying, uh, U-R-Q-U-I-D-Y. <laughs> they send four good starters at you too. And I just think some of these other teams that just got two good starters. They're just going to eat them up. Their bullpen, uh, Presley's still out there with 32 saves. Uh, they had another guy, Montero, with 14. And here's their uh, thing. Their uh, batting average is 13th. They're fourth in home runs. Uh, stolen bases 16. Their pitching is elite. Second in ERA, 2.91. That's as a team. Uh, saves 52. Home runs uh, given up. They're, they're the second best at, at not giving up home runs. Uh, strikeouts fourth and limiting their walks ninth. So on paper, the Houston Astros are just a superior team. And uh, I have some of their, their bent, their, uh, ER, their uh, bullpen, uh, the top ERA bullpen, a two seven eight. Uh, they're tied for second in saves. Their whip is fifth. They give up the less home runs. Um, I just don't know how you're going to beat that. And they have the home field advantage as well. 
So that's my take on trash cans. And they got trash cans and cameras everywhere. (laughs) When it comes to the playoffs, you can just throw all the statistics in the trash can and bang the trash can. And bang that trash can and win the games. That's right. (laughs) I would like to see, I, uh, so if I may, I like to see the the world series be the, uh, the Houston Astros and well, and the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> that would be my dream of World Series right there. Is that who you're picking? No, I'm picking the Houston Astros and I'm picking the Dodgers. Okay. And, and I'm picking uh, this is I went back and forth on this all night, but I think I'd have to go with the Dodgers. Just the bench and everything. Okay. Now I'm I'm gonna be the Siskel to your Ebert. Okay. Okay. I think the Yankees are a better team than the Astros because the Yankees had really almost a hundred wins in a much tougher division. The Astros with the unbalanced schedule, they're playing the A's, they're playing the Rangers and they're playing the angels quite a bit. And uh, I, I, the, the games that I've seen, I think, with I think with the Astros, if you put them in the East, they're still a playoff team. They're still a mid nineties team, but I don't think they're they're as dominant as they are in the division they're in. Um, that being said, that that being said, um, in the National League, um, I really like the Braves. I I I just think that that they're going to repeat in the American League. I like the Blue Jays. And the reason I like the Blue Jays is because they have the youth with the one element that they need, a guy that can lead who's been there, George Springer. Oh, yeah. So that's what I like. Now, we know how this is going to shake out. (laughs) The Padres are going to beat the Rays (laughs) six. In six games, you yeah, know, baseball. But so I'm not one of these people who are going to say, you know, when, when it's oh yeah, I predicted this, you know, or I, you know, I wasn't serious. I don't predict because it's it's a crapshoot. And I don't know if you've read the book Moneyball by you know about Billy Bean. I saw um, the movie. In, in the book, the book, the book's much better. The book's much more for baseball nerds. The movies for mass people but in in the book um billy bean makes a great statement that uh you know he, he he was at the ballpark all the time during the season and when the playoffs started he went home and he said because it's such a short series it's almost it's a crapshoot anything can happen so i don't feel like there's anything i can add as a gm when the season's over and i, I think he's kind of right there so so anyway, that's that's our and I know we've went long and not all episodes are going to be this long, but that we knew it was going to go long. That's our, that's our playoff preview. And of course we're going to end opening up baseball cards. Who have you got? What have you got this time? I went a little old school. I went 2020. Let me see if I can, there it is. 2020 Bryce Harper's on the front of the pack that year. That's a kind of an honor. Uh, this year it's Otani. The 2022s are Otani. Uh, 2020s was Bryce Harper. These are the tops cards, which is probably more known with trading and everything. Oh, how about that? My first card, Yankee 2020, Jordan Montgomery. 
Let me try to find <laughs> Yeah, I can't. There we go. Look at that. These are glossy. I like this style. It's got your emblem right there, and he's in the middle of a pitch. I can't believe the very first card was George Montgomery. Uh, oh, well, th- hey, I'm on a fire. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. There you go. Yeah, taking a swing right there. I'm not a Met fan, but Pete Alonzo is a special player. Let's see. Neil Walker, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh-oh. Craig Kimbrell in a Cub uniform. Let's get that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can. Well, shoot. There it goes. If you can see him. Yeah, there he is. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Detroit Tiger, George Mercer. I've got uh, Jared Walsh from the Angels, who looked like a pretty good player um, so far in his career. Wilmer Flores from the Giants. Oh, one of the classics. He he may not, I don't know how many more years he has in it, but it's Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers. Ah. A, a class act, a great player, 503 home runs. Um, uh, Yasmin Grandal, the catcher from the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, there he is. There he is, White Sox player. Very good player. He was a, he was a Milwaukee Brewer for a while, I remember. Let's see. Some of these players, they have a special Derek Jeter card, 20 years of the captain. I'll just kind of show that right there. Ah. Derek Jeter, honoring him. Hmm. I think it's almost time for me to wear glasses. Who the heck? I don't know how you've gone this long without them. I'm 58. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and ride it out. But they have an old-style card. If I can find a spot, there it is. Ozzy Alvarez of the – but they made it look like an old-time card. Yeah. Shoot. Well, anyway. And there's five more cards. Let's see. Uh, oh, Verlander. They there you Verlander. go. Yeah, a Verlander card. A uh, Aldalas Garcia of the Rangers, who was a Cardinal. At one time in our minor league system, a very good player. He's they're building their he's one of the guys that Rangers are building their team around. And the last one here is Kyle Gibson. A very um there he is. Right there. He's on the Texas Rangers, been around. I know he was with the Tigers for a while. He's a journeyman, but he's had a long career. And that's the 2020 Tops cards with the Bryce Harper on the front cover. Okay. I'm going even older school. Ooh. This is the uh, 1992 score pinnacle set oh, with uh, Ruben Sierra on the front. Oh, yeah. And um, I was asked, uh, where did it, where do, uh, do I just have all these old packages laying around um, that I haven't opened for 30 years? No, uh, it's, it's a place called Amazon, where you can get old baseball cards unopened. Okay. Who do I have here? Uh, Pedro Astacio. Eh, big deal. Former <laughs> Cub, Mike Bilecki, when he oh, pitched yeah. for the Braves. These are like stuck together. I guess that's what happens when you're a 30 year old card. Mike Bilecki. Yeah. Uh, Rich Amaral. All right. Um, the heck is this this is jim got but he's doing like a karate oh 
deal. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That's odd. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, how you grip a curveball. Uh, is shown by former Met great David Cohn. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Mike Bordick played in a few World Series for the Oakland A's. There's Mr. Bordick. I remember him as an Oriole. Yeah, he did play for the Orioles, too. And uh, Craig Lefferts, former Cubs, went on to be a pretty good pitcher for the Padres. Uh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. The gambler. Uh, yeah, Cardinals remember him from the World Series. Uh, oh, yeah, the uh, pine tar on his yeah. hand. Joe Girardi, when he caught for the Cubs, now he announces for the Cubs because nobody wants to hire him as their manager. Uh, Glenn Braggs, Matt Young, Keith Miller. Ooh, uh, former Cardinal, uh, Tom Hankey. Tom Hankey. Tom Hankey, he's from Missouri. Yeah, uh, born in Kansas City. That's right. Oh, another former Cardinal, Tom Bernanski, Bruno. Oh, Bruno. He killed us in the 87 World Series. And finally, the player that was known as five for one because the Phillies once gave up five players to the Indians, including, uh, gosh, who was it? Um, I don't remember. Uh, Brooke Jacoby. Uh, they, they gave up five really good prospects for a guy they thought was going to be a Hall of Famer, Von Hayes. Von who Hayes. Who was no. not a Hall of Famer. So. <laughs> hey, uh, before we go, I do want to give a shout out. Um, I for, Forgive me for, for neglecting this. Um, the, the, emblem that we have the logo that we have was done by my daughter the artwork uh evelyn opper good hand for evelyn yes excellent and uh we'll be back next week with a shorter <laughs> shorter we'll continue to uh look at playoffs and uh i think we'll have time to uh do a few spotlights of uh, some players so oh good so thank you for joining us jj you got anything to add no thanks for listening i'm so I'm uh, I'm so uh, uh, humbled by all the listeners and people talking to us and uh, sending messages and things like that. Let us know what you like, what you don't, how we can make it better. And uh, just appreciate your input. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.